Well, maybe that question of support is actually a really important one. I mean, part of the questions that we've been asking is about leadership. Leadership is always related to the task. So if you were to, to think about, you know, what is the leadership that is needed? I mean, you just talked that somebody was cross-appointed cross that essentially lives in two different disciplinary worlds, and there's an assumption that by bringing somebody like that in, that you'll have an easier time including those perspectives. When you think about leadership and the, the way that you look at the world, you're, the fact that you're a woman and the fact that you're in a particular type of discipline, what is, what is an appropriate type of leadership around the concept of, of knowledge exchange and lifelong learning within this context? You know, leadership to me is about trying to balance and negotiate and mediate, right? So it's about trying to, to listen, right? Listen, here's something that's being contributed over here. I think about sharing knowledge, I think about it in the context of a, of a sharing circle, right? A traditional sharing circle and this idea that we will come together, seven of us, and we're having a sharing circle. So we each are contributing our knowledge and our experience and our understanding and we're sharing that together. And through sharing that all together, we create this eight experience, right? And this understanding that, that comes of everything we've shared together. So I guess I think about leadership of how how you bring together people to share in a respectful way, how we negotiate those relationships so that we're we're actually going about knowledge sharing, knowledge creation, knowledge dissemination in a way that's not appropriating knowledge, that's not taking away from people, but that's giving to people. And I think leadership to some extent has to be modeling it, right? To not to, to be walking your talk. So, which is not, I think that's the hardest part, right? The, really the hardest part is making your actions meet your, your ideals, meet your, all the great ideas we can talk about. So, One of the uh, interesting sets of conversations that I've been having is, you know, how to get full value out of knowledge, right? And there are many different ways. I mean, some people look at it as, you know, you take the research, you produce a product, it goes to the market, money's made. Right? I mean, that's one stream of creating value. I mean, it is a stream of creating value. Others will look at it of combined knowledge. You develop policies. You put them, in, you know, they're implemented. And the quality of life of, you know, people affected by those policies increases. And so it's more valuable. When you think about improving the value from the use of your knowledge, what do you think about? I think about value in terms of what is it going to mean. So if I'm, if I'm thinking as a researcher, I'm thinking about... What value is this going to have for the community that I'm doing research with? Okay. You know, or if I'm a social worker, I'm thinking, what value is this going to have for my client? Because you have to overcome the... So talk a little bit about some of those things. When you're saying, you know, here's value within my community. Yeah. What does that look like? Okay. If you're looking at, if I wanted to return to my home community and do research there, some sort of social research looking at, what are the challenges here? Well, I can't walk back in after my length of not being there and, and dictate, here's the things that I think are going to be interesting. I need to go and find out what are the issues that are really coming up for the community and let them identify, right? And then n negotiate a relationship. Can we look at these? Can I help you? Can we help each other look at these things together and how we're going to go about doing that so that the process is as important? Okay. As the outcome, so that... So it's not about getting to the outcome as quickly as possible. No. I mean, because if you, you know, the Aboriginal community in one way points to many of the things that have been wrong with research, right, in the way that there would be sort of quick and dirty research with the with the Aboriginal community sort of mining knowledge as a 
referred to. And so here's an example of how you have to establish trust and you have to establish relationships. And in our community, it doesn't happen overnight. And the process of how you come to things is as important as the outcome because if the process is awful, then the outcome isn't bound to be that great. Either. Um, or, and, you know, it's that relationship. If I had this negative experience with you, I'm bound to not pick up anything that comes out as a result of the product, right? So I think that it's, it's in the, the process is probably more valuable often than the outcome. Okay. So we've talked a little bit about the challenges that you face in terms of doing this, but you're obviously doing this because there's some rewards. Yeah. So, so what are the rewards for engaging in the, in what you're engaging with? Hey, I think you know this is what I have to offer these these ideas or the skills or the things that I'm learning here that will be skills. This is what I have to offer to my community to help. And clearly, there are no shortage of social issues for right. um, a community. How can I help? And I find that rewarding because it means that things aren't going to stay as they are. It means that we can make change. And it, hopefully, it means it means we can make change in a way that's culturally appropriate, that we can do it without the negative impacts that have been there in the past. I think the rewards, too, are feeling like you can actually make some sort of social change that's going to improve things. Okay. And that, you know, creating new knowledge and ideas about how things can be helps to do that. You know, even just the process can help create the change. So that's the reward. I often wish I had a crystal ball that worked. So I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to ask the impossible question. So in 10 years, if you were to look at field of knowledge exchange, and especially as, uh, with regards to lifelong learning and to the capacity making well-informed decisions, mm-hmm. what do you see in 10 years? Where do you see the trends in your discipline, in your community, uh, in and perhaps in your own personal work? I think in social work, I mean, there's this real push towards, we now have an institute here in this universe, in this faculty for community, uh, evidence-based um, practice. Right. You know, so there's this real push. So I think it's about looking at how that's really going to unfold. And for me, the idea is what, um, in 10 years, I would like to know that evidence constitutes many things many ways of knowing, many people's experiences in the world, that we're not just taking a stack of research that was conducted with certain groups, summarizing the results and then applying it blindly, which I know isn't. I mean, that's a really cut down version of, it's an unfair characterization of evidence-based practice that happens often in social work. There's a real resistance by social workers that comes from practical issues, meaning that if you're sitting in your agency and you're overworked and underpaid, you don't have time to sit and read journal articles and find out about the newest, best ways to do interventions. And I think there's this resistance to, you know what, that's great, but I'm trying to help my clients right now, you know, or that's great, but the research doesn't look at, you know, for instance, in mental health, the the psychotherapies that tend to get tested are the ones that fit testing. They fit random control trials, right? We're not looking at long-term psychotherapies that are really more about interpersonal relationships because they they don't fit well with traditional empirical design, right? So I think there's also this reality for social workers on the ground who may not be using ways that fit to traditional research. So they resist this idea of, of evidence that overwhelmingly has generally come from a traditional thing. And this struggle about legitimizing social work as a discipline and the need to sort of adhere to standards of what constitutes good knowledge. So I think in 10 years what I'd like to see is that knowledge as an idea is really expanded to capture the diversity of people's lived experiences um, and realities. And that in terms of 
of lifelong learning that, that social work as a discipline, that the agencies of social help, whether that's, you know, you know, frontline uh, small agencies or institutions like hospitals, that they have taken accountability for continuing education in a way that isn't just about saying we've read 500 articles, but is about trying to ensure that people are staying connected to why they're doing what they're doing and, and how they can help their clients. I think the biggest, the biggest piece for me will just be that knowledge and evidence are really huge, complex words at that point that aren't that people aren't going to have this really visceral, like myself, visceral reaction to thinking that it means one thing, you know, traditional empirical knowledge based on, you know, scientific methods with rigor and validity and <laughs> reliability, you know, that it accounts for many other things. And I see that happening. You know, here there's, there's a, a group of faculty doing arts-based social work research, which certainly opens up okay. ideas about knowledge. Right. One of the things that I've done in all of these interviews at the end is, is say how much I've enjoyed it. And it's true. I, I, I've always, I always learn so much from going through this process. But, you know, these, this is a set of questions that I, that I gave to you. Is there something out of our conversation that we haven't touched on? Is there, you know, something that you really want to bring forward here? I think I probably haven't talked about in, enough or pick up the idea of lifelong learning because I think my grandmother is uh, 80. And she's learning Ojibwe. She's learning Anishinaabe Moen. So she's she's at this stage in her life, and she's learning her language because she never had her language. So she's eighty. Yeah. And she's learning her own language for the first time. Yeah. For the first time. She's learning to pray in her own language. She's and I mean she's so happy. She's just come through two years of pretty horrible treatment for breast cancer, and this piece of she's had spiritual support from from uh, the same person who's teaching her language, but this language piece has just been such a bright space for her because it's a connection and it's something, you know, she always says, like, you always have something to learn. You're always going around the circle, going around the wheel, that you're always learning. And I think there's this idea of how valuable it is. And I think, I think taking that and trying to translate that into the discipline that I'm in, that oftentimes as practitioners, we get our training, we go out and we get entrenched in what we're doing and the way we do it and we get stuck and we're not so open to learning and that's not everyone and that's not meant to be a gross generalization or undermine the great things that people do but I think it's trying to shift how we think about learning and knowledge right that it's not something we get and we have and I use it with for you at you on you re-envisioning how we have relationships with people and what we know and that when you when you revision that, it does naturally make learning a lifelong process. Yeah, that's great. Okay, that's a that's a great example. I'm glad I asked that that last <laughs> question because I think that makes it very real for people. I mean, the concept of lifelong learning is you know it's it's a concept. Yeah. But when you talk about that particular example of your grandmother, I think that's going to resonate with people. So, yeah. thank you, Billy. Thank it's you. Been, it's been fun. Thank you. Uh, 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 uh,